and thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. Oh, Jesus, here we go. All right, thank you, Daryl and Lynn, for trusting me with the word. This is amazing. Um, Why don't we pray first? That'd be a good start. Father, I thank you for today. We are here, and we are, we are hearing from you in every aspect of this time together. And it's all pulling together because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. So we bless what you're doing. We bless what you're doing. And I offer you these words, and I say change any of them that you want to. And let it fill the needs of the hearts of your people. Amen. All right, so, <laughs> curveballs, huh? <laughs> um, the topic today is trust. The topic today is trust. So when I learned I was going to be speaking to you all, I went to God and I said, what do we need to have from you to move forward in a time like this? And I heard three words, trust, truth, and love. So, being the homeschool mom that I am, I went straight to the dictionary. (laughs) And I said, hmm, we need this. So, I don't know if any of you are familiar with Webster's 1828 Dictionary. It was written by Noah Webster. And it pulls a lot from scripture. But a friend of mine aptly said, you can read that book and get whacked by God. And I did. So I hope it happens to you, too, when I read these definitions. Okay. The definition of trust from Noah Webster is to rely on, depend on, have confidence in. A reliance, this part I love, or a resting of the mind on the integrity, veracity, justice, and friendship of another. And then in the definition was a scripture, Proverbs 29, 25. Whoever puts his trust in the Lord is kept safe. Okay, sign us up for that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, now truth. I I thought I got whacked on trust. Wait till you hear truth. It's from an old English word, trow. And it means faith and fidelity. And from that word trow comes the old English word trowen, which means to marry. Who does that remind you of? We have a bridegroom king. Truth means veracity, purity from falsehood, constancy, and exactness. Conformity to fact or reality, exact accordance with that which was, brace yourself, that which is that which is has been or shall be okay thank you worship team we sang that this morning okay and the truth of it is that it comes from revelations 4 and it was originally um it is constantly and originally being sung by the four creatures before the throne giving honor and glory and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Okay, how you doing? 
Okay. And the last one, oh, and truth in Scripture in the dictionary, John fourteen six. Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth, the true reality, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. And John seventeen seventeen, your word is truth, so make them holy, set apart by the truth. Okay. And what I heard from the Lord when I was asking him is, truth is the source of our trust. Truth never changes. We don't necessarily know that today. I think a lot of truths have been changing a lot. Um, and even Daryl, a, a couple of weeks ago, asked me, how you doing? And I'm looking around at all the circumstances in my life and all the circumstances in the world. And I go, you know, what is it about God and that little bit of joy that never goes the way, even in the midst of all kinds of nonsense? And I'm like, this joy, this joy. Okay. And last, we'll define love from Webster. It's to be prompt, free, willing. It comes from leaning, advancing, or drawing forward. It's giving us pleasure and delight, and we love God above all things as the sum of all excellence and all the attributes which can communicate happiness. Okay. First Corinthians 13.6 says, Love joyfully celebrates honesty. And finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place. Okay. So God whispers. And that is that his truth is the same as his love. Because you can't have love without truth. And you can't speak the truth without love. There is no love without truth. They are the same. So let's consider the words that God gave us for today because I think we need them. I need them. I don't know if you need them. I don't know if anybody else's life is a little bit up and down these days and surprises at every corner or disappointments or things you're waiting for that haven't come to pass. Um, But I think some of us can relate. Isn't it curious that the words God highlighted are exactly what we need? That God is the one to be trusted completely, that he is the source of our reliance, the resting of our minds, and in his integrity, veracity, and in his friendship. Isn't it curious that Jesus is our fact or reality, the exact representation of that which is, was, and is to come? He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And isn't it curious that in 1 John 4.19, we learn we love because he first loved us. He's the source, we're the overflow. Okay. So I say thank you, Jesus. You're teaching us, you're leading us. Um, but what about us here and now? I say it all the time, Jesus, I need you to be my Lord. Be Lord of these circumstances. A lot of us have already said yes to the Lord. I say, if today is the day that you say, Jesus, I need help. I need to have love and truth and trust. He's the way. Pull on his name and say, I need you. 
and I need you to set me free from all that I've been carrying. A lot of us have been walking with the Lord, and we know about encounters, and we know about miracles that only God can make happen. And i got to share one. Because I always say, God, don't send me out empty-handed. I'm going with a word, but I want a demonstration. So thanks to Angela, I heard a word that their youngest daughter, who has been having hip problems and wearing braces as often as possible, went to the doctor this recently and received the report. The x-ray is still like, what's going on? But she looks amazing, and we don't think she's going to need surgery. So thank you for a praying mom and dad and a praying family and a praying church because the fruit of trust and love looks like miracles. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so we have our own history with God. We're all building. And um, the building is to become our bedrock and our foundation. How do I know this? Well, we hear King David say, I have slain the lion and the bear. Who is this Goliath? Okay. We walk through things and we learn that God's more than able. This is why we trust. Because his love and his truth have proved faithful. In scripture, we find countless people who have lived through good times and difficult times and trusted God regardless We are some of those people. We're just not in that book. We're in other books, but we're not in that book. Okay. And I'm going to be talking about Moses, but I'm actually going to be talking about the faith of his mother. And I had to, I had to borrow from Serena and bring a visual. So this, this little visual is called sweet surrender, um, painted by a friend of mine. Uh, and in Exodus two, we find the testimony of Moses and his mother, who was not named in Exodus 2. We didn't learn her name there, but she was a woman of faith. Her name was Jochebed, and um, she was a Levi, and she was a, uh, a woman of apparent great faith, and she had to trust the Lord for her son's life and all that the Lord had for him. Because in Egypt at that time, you know the story, Pharaoh gave the decree that all Hebrew boys were to be thrown in the river and killed. And Jochebed kept her son for three months. She goes, I'm not, I can't let him go. But then it got to the point where I can't hide him anymore. So I have a feeling, like any good mother, that she was talking to God a lot about what I'm going to do. And the plan that she enacted was pure genius. She did what Pharaoh said. She put him in the river in a basket. She put him in the river by the reeds where she knew Pharaoh's daughter was going to come. She put him in a safe place. Yep, next page. She put his sister nearby to watch. And God's favor was present. The baby cried. Pharaoh's daughter heard him, and Miriam was there to suggest a nursemaid, the mom, and Jochebed was called. So yes, Moses' mother was able to raise her son until he was weaned. She trusted God and presented Moses to Pharaoh's daughter, and I'm sure to God. He was snatched from death, returned to his family, raised in a palace, 
and released to God, Jochebed's trust was epic. And I'm sure everybody in here has a story like that, where you have had to trust God for things you don't really ever want to have to trust him for. And then look what happens. This is what Jochebed did, and this is what we do. And for such a time as this, we are here to do the, do the impossible with God. So the theme scripture today is Proverbs 3.5. You can just listen or you can look it up. But it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Jochebed had to trust. Exactly with her heart, her son. (laughs) She acknowledged him. He made the path straight for Moses to go on and be the Moses we know. And he's doing that for us. We don't know what he has in store for us, but we know it's good. So let's break it down a little bit. Trust in the Lord. We trust in a lot of things. But when we trust in the Lord, we're leaning on a, on a good fence. Have you ever leaned on a broken fence? <laughs> and you go, oops, that wasn't a good idea. The Lord is true. He's trustworthy. With all your heart. That's a big order. That's a big order. How do I give him the most important things in my life that I've wanted to hold on to? And don't lean on your own understanding. Ha, ah, ah, put my baby in the river. What a great idea. <laughs> Just exactly what Pharaoh wanted. I don't want that. But she did. I mean, have you ever heard from God and he tells you to do something? And you go, that makes no sense. And then you do it anyway and you find out that it was exactly the right thing to do? That's how we build trust. And he will direct our steps. If he's directing our steps, where is he? He's right beside us. He's not leaving us. Trust goes with us. Love goes with us. So I would propose that trust is a decision. Trust is a growing place. Trust is a healing place. And trusting God is to be our home. This is what we need. This is what the world needs, especially right now, in the instability of the past several years, decades, centuries, always. And funny thing is, this is what revival is. This is where life comes. I believe right now God is working in our hearts, and I believe he's working in the hearts of people all around the world that God desires that we would all know his truth and his trustworthy love. And we've even seen outbreaks of revival here and there, and it's, it's kind of exciting. But what I want you to remember is revival doesn't stop in us. The minute we have that spark of life, it just stays there, and it just keeps getting bigger. And this is the most amazing gift we could ever have. So how do we get from here to there? Because I don't always trust with all my heart. We'll find about that in a minute. Um, 
How do we get there? How do we trust him? How do we let go of the things we hold on to? Romans 12.2 is a favorite sozo scripture for me. And it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when I think about conforming or being conformed, I think about being pressed into a mold in ways we may not have freely chosen on our own. And so God's saying, don't be molded by this world. Yet there are so many times, so many learnings, so many trainings, so many problems that were not always noticed and not always voluntary and not always God's perfect plan. So what's the solution? The solution is Jesus. The solution is truth. And as scripture says, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. The trouble is, the lies sound so credible. (laughs) And so discerning the lies is one of our greatest gifts. Lies exposed. Oh, let me tell you the story. Yeah, don't forget the story. I mentioned it when I spoke last time, but it was the morning that God yelled at me. I was asleep in bed. I opened my eyes. It was a brilliant spring morning. It wasn't all that long ago, maybe a few years back. I have prism in the window, and I knew God was up to something because there was like 200 little rainbows on the walls all around me. I'm like, oh, that's pretty. And then all of a sudden, he yelled. He yelled, I solve all your problems, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, But laughter is confession, (laughs) and I was going, yeah, (laughs) I think he's exposing a lie. I think he's exposing that I've been relying on myself and my own good understanding way too much. So it was a simple agreement. I just laughed like you did, and I said, God, I'm getting out of bed in about five minutes, and I'm going to have some problems. I guarantee you I'm going to have some problems. So for that day, that week, and for months and years after, I have a problem, God. And you know what I hear? No, you don't. I got it. Maybe 99 out of 100 times, maybe one time will say, you do this little thing, but I got it. But most of it is me trying to do his job. I'm like, Jesus, I'm sorry. (laughs) You do it way better with a lot less work. I like it. So I'm offering that to you. Let him be your solution. Tell him what you need. In fact, in Asoza, I heard him say once, if you don't need me, we have no relationship. That's what a father does. That's a good father. So there I was, lies exposed, truth restored, brand new solutions that required little action on my part. Thank you, God. And that's what love does for us and for those we love. Truth is Jesus, our bridegroom. We are married to the truth. We know his voice, his nature, his word. They ring true for us, and that's a gift. It's called discernment. We were made to know the truth. And sometimes we go, that can't be true. And we find out it's not. Or we find out that there was a lie we had that needs to go. We know his voice. 
We know his nature and his word, and they ring true for us. In his presence, lies are easily replaced with truth. And that process, if you stumble across a lie or two, I had a landfill full, (laughs) is that I just say, here's what I believe, Jesus. What do you believe? And then I hear the truth. I go, oh, yeah, that was a lie. That was a lie. And I can let it go and change my mind. That's an upgrade. I like upgrades. I'll stand in the truth. I would be remiss if I did not mention, though, a type of trusting that I know a lot of people are having right now, and it's a costly kind that is forged in the tension of hopes deferred and longings fulfilled. It brings one to the place of sweet surrender. And a place says, if this hope, it's a place, and this is my testimony, it's a place that you get to where you say, if this hope never comes to pass, God, you are more important. Your kingdom come, your will be done, because what you have is exceedingly abundantly beyond all I can ask or think. And what I have is a heart's desire, but I'm offering it as a costly sacrifice. And I can take you to the exact place on the highway where that happened for me. And I can testify that for me, it was costly, yet it came with profound peace. Because it was always a struggle and a wrestling of, how's this going to come to pass? How's this going to come to pass? And I had to let it go. The amazing thing is that several months later for me, that hope came to pass. And I am praying for those of you that are holding on to hope and surrendering what you want for what he wants, that it happens quickly for you too. We offer these sacrifices because we're just like Jesus. Okay? You get to know him and you get to look like him. And scripture, you know, John 3.16, my very first memory verse, (laughs) not memory verse, but meditation verse. I said, God, I need a verse to meditate on, and I want something really fresh. (laughs) He said, John 3.16, I'm like, really? (laughs) And um, I got wrecked. I got wrecked for a year on the first two words, for God. That also became because of God. And it went on and on and on. Okay, For a year, I couldn't leave the first two words. Second year, so loved. Oh, tell me about that one. Third year, the world. Not the nice people, not the happy people, the whole world. Which is really good news on a lot of levels, because there's a lot of people that need to know the truth of his love, but he loves everybody. And that's a big help in times like these too. And he loves so much he gave, and that's the point here. God gave Jesus. We give him our sacrifices. Jesus gave us his sacrifice. So we look more and more like him when we do these things, even when it's painful. And we often are at that point saying, Father, if this cup can't pass away, here I am. Here I am. 
As we walk with God, giving him thanks with all our heart, we prepare fertile ground like Serena was talking about last week. Fertile ground bears a good crop and creates life. Fertile ground holds fast in storms and in abundance. We become the place where truth, trust, and love dwell and prepare us for the next adventure of giving these gifts away. We have a source, God, who never fails and gives life. And then he gives it again. And this is the revival we're talking about, where we once choose to walk with God, trust God and his truth. He goes with us and never leaves. And so we are giving this away. We are not just to hold it, but to release it. And there are many around us that will be hungry for this God and his goodness that we carry. And we will be found by them, and we will be ready to testify that we know whom we've believed, and we are convinced that he's able to guard what we have entrusted to him until that day. And that's what the world's hungry for. Is it real? Is it authentic? Can I trust this God you talk about? And here we are. Here we are to give it away. So when I got those three words, I also got a little bit more. And as I was being trained up in trust as I wrote this message and wondering where exactly we're going with all this, I went back to my journal on the day that I was asked. And I found this little nugget, so I'll share it with you. It's a, it's a note from Father. I, God, trust you with my love, and you are trusting my love. Trust is the need, and God's truth is the source. Every truth and every difficult truth. God's love is true, just like his truth. His truth and love are one and the same. That was good news. We lean into God's truth. It brings freedom and peace. We lean into God's love. It never fails. Fear is a thief and a liar that God's love and truth overcome. God's children can discern these things and trust. God says, I do not fail you because I can't. So I just want to end with a prayer right now for all of us that are growing in trust. And if there's something especially you are trusting for and you want to stand, or if you just want to stand to have more trust, you're welcome. But I'm just going to release it. So, Father, I thank you that you are that God, that trustworthy God that we grow to know more and more and more. And in these times and in these circumstances where things seem a little murky and a little cloudy, we ask for your clarity. We ask for your peace. We ask for your love. And we ask for a trust that says, I know who my God is and I believe he's able. There is nothing impossible for my God. And I bless these, these standing and these not standing with a powerful discernment of love, a powerful discernment of truth, and a powerful encounter with the trustworthy one. Father, we bless you and we praise you because you're good. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. 
If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org. Thank you.